cosmic magic happen. Let's talk, so, let's talk games, baby. Game boys. Oh, you want to talk games? I wanted to talk um, improv. Okay, sure. <laughs> let's do. Right. Let's talk about that. My favorite thing to talk about and do improv. A joy. Yeah. A joy. A boon on the world. I just think it's so good. Yeah, I think it's good. I think everyone who does it is cool. I don't think anyone ever creates weird psychotic clicks around it or strange cultish theater atmospheres that never happens. Oh no. Dogs, get out of here. Both of you. I'm just saying now now that there's no improv theaters, uh how is how is any uh fucking nerd in their th- mid 30s supposed to date women? Okay? How are they um, supposed to do that? Huh? Well, there's a lot of ways become and, interesting. Yeah, uh have a personality um go to oh, you like want, a, oh you want them to improv their their life too you want them to be interesting the, i think one of the funniest things about improv in in terms of this irony that we're kind of dancing around is that truly the most significant improv skill is listening and yet so what, many sorry what'd you say uh hilarious and yet so many of these types of guy that we're talking about do improv and then it's like talk at women for 45 minutes uninterrupted um yeah and sorry uh like leave that to the elected representatives yeah that's Uh, more of a that's that's less matt besser and more uh pete Buttigieg. (laughs) (laughs) um fuck dude pete is so awesome he gives like the best like mass effect npc speeches that then just get like clipped by like your mom it's so weird i i like I mean, not your mom but no, the, the, mo- the america's the, mom yeah, the quint like the 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 what's it called the um you know the generalized mom the theoretical he's so mom cool. he's he, so cool and they're they're like they're that's what they're doing they're like he's the next thing because like i really they don't know if biden's gonna run again or not so they're like they're prepping this npc guy and it's it's awesome here's what rules about pete this is this is why Pete's great is that people get up and be like, everyone should have an abortion. And you're like, wow, this guy is like pretty cool. Like, that's not he's not wrong. Everyone should be allowed to have an abortion whenever. And then he's like, and also starving <laughs> babies are just what happens in a free market economy. And you're like, wait, huh, hold on there, Pete. I don't know. If that's I don't know. If that, and it's like one like that like back to back. And it's like, Pete, where where are you kind of at? With these positions that you take, what the what does he sound like? Wait, you know, you know what the American people want is uh, they want health care. They want to feel safe. And if the great emperor in the clouds uh, allows that, then it should be allowed because he allows it. Yeah, it's so funny. It's just like he, his doc was awesome, too. He's like one of those guys. And he's, he's like one of those like these are a real sort of category of guy that I don't understand are people who like are aware of the failures of the market are sort of aware of like the basic needs of a functioning civil society and then look at the world and go, these are sort of reconcilable ideas that can work together in a way that makes sense. And it's like, Pete, my man, no, you know, people uh, want to ban CRT. Uh, but I'm trying to talk about the arrow in my knee. I'm an NPC. Folks, 2024, I've got new dialogue trees. Uh, <laughs> you can romance me if you have enough charisma points. Dude, you are like sentence by sentence slowly drifting towards Obama voice. Well, that's exactly what Buttigieg does. He's he's listen, 
he's doing Obama, so then I'm doing him doing Obama. Yeah, you're not wrong. And Obama, it was doing Nixon. <laughs> um, we love Richard Nixon, folks. At least he was like a like he was just outwardly a criminal, which is kind of cool. Like if you're gonna mm-hmm. be a criminal president, just like being a villain looking ass guy who says villain ass shit is pretty like one of the last motherfuckers to own it. Yeah. Because even I Trump, mean, like he wore a cape. Yeah. Like even Trump pretended that he was like Trump pretended to conceive of himself as a good person. Do you know what I mean? Well, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And Nixon, like, didn't even do that. Nixon was like, oh, I'm a piece of shit and I'm the piece of shit you need to win the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And that's so like, cool. You know, there's something to that that's like at least like kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something, I mean, it's certainly enough to build a few uh, Call of Duty games around. Yeah. And, you know, and like, you know what? He was also like, <laughs> Say what you will about Richard Nixon, and there's a lot to say, but he was like a good sport in the sense that like he got Watergate, he like he did the Watergate happen, and he was like, You got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, was yeah, like, exactly. right. he was like, all right, yeah. like busted. <laughs> like he tried, you know, I'm not a crook or whatever, but like he didn't, you know, right. he didn't like try to sort of bullshit around it once it was sort of clear that he was owned. Like he was just like, you know what? I'm owned. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 folks, kids these days. They're, they're, they're afraid to admit they've been owned, except the owned, except the owning. Yeah. Let it let it inside you and let it make you strong. The other great things about Richard Nixon are that one, uh, he was a Mets fan, which feels very right that he's like a fan of the team that is basically all criminals and failures. And the other thing, well, that's, that's why he, he used the Mets to in Watergate. They were yeah. accomplices. Yeah. Uh, a young Tom Seaver. Was throwing sure. was throwing papers out the window using his hundred mile an hour fastball arm. Um, yeah, and, there, and there are every, everyone there was like, one day they're gonna make a movie about this, and then they never did. Yep. I uh, I also read recently that Richard Nixon, like late in life, was like, oh, hip hop. It's pretty neat, <laughs> and like and like talked about how like maybe as a younger man, if it were around, he would have been like a hip hop guy. Yes. <laughs> wow, um, fuck yeah! That's the thing is like some people were born in the wrong generation. Like Nixon might have just been like your favorite SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, what if Nixon was Eminem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Nixon was just like cutting ladies up, putting blood in my cup? I'm Richard Nixon, and I'm fixing to kill. <laughs> like that would be awesome. That I would love that. That's sort of that's the future. I, that's the future I want. It's not the future mm-hmm. liberals want, but it is the future I want. Uh, in in eight miles to Watergate. Yeah, yeah. Walking walking eight miles down Watergate Road. <laughs> yeah, isn't there a wasn't there a nuclear attack called like? Not a nuclear attack, like a nuclear explosion in America that was like Three Mile Island or something. Yeah, Three Mile Island. It was worse than Chernobyl, but they won't tell you about that. That's awesome. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll make an HBO thing about like the fuck up somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, like, we did the same thing, but maybe worse. And everyone's like, no. (laughs) Wait, how many people died there? Several. And it like really fucked up the environment in Western PA for like a very long time. So wait, is there an area you can't go to in Western PA like Uh, that we just... It should be like a fucking national monument. No, I think. Uh, let me see. Is is Three Mile Island still toxic? Uh, and listen, Twitter says yes. Uh, 
uh, it is so on three mile island was just seen doing a pop-up set with dave chappelle <laughs> yeah ricky gervais dave chappelle and three mile island <laughs> fucking on oh netflix my, oh my god uh, it's low-hanging fruit come on <sighs> netflix is so funny dude can we talk about netflix netflix is killing me right now i i like it you know i live i live uh a, a few blocks away and uh it's uh it's incredible they've like fired everyone it's amazing yeah well that's the that's why that's what is so funny to me about netflix right now that i'm like very into is like they they did this whole thing where they were like look we're hiring all these creators of color we're really investing in in lgbt people and and sort of minorities in general and getting all kinds of different voices in here then promptly fired all of them and aired back-to-back specials of just, like, old dudes being transphobic. And then they're like, why are you so mad at us? We hired all <laughs> these people. And then it's like, and then you fired them. <laughs> and then aired a bunch of, like, it's just sort of like, well, okay. Netflix, you don't They've- get to have it both ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, everything I say here is a shallow attempt to get hired by Netflix. Uh, but... I feel like they're they're firing people in two different ways. They're like, I think they're firing people that have political uh, protest opinions about content on Netflix. And I think they're firing a fuck ton of people just because they've ran their business super poorly. And those are like two separate areas where they're like currently just executing a bunch well, of people. Right. But the but, thing is, there's like a, there's like an economic calculus here, right? Where it's like, they ran their business poorly. And so they had a choice, whether it was like, is the way that we continue this business going to sort of lean into this sort of like diversity move and, and try to bring people in that way. Or do we ax the diversity move and double down on Dave Chappelle being like ladies with dicks. That's crazy. Um, and they, and that's what they chose to do. So like they are separate things, but they aren't like, they don't have to be separate things. Like Netflix decided to handle them as separate things. And it's like, ugh. it's very funny. Um, like, it's just a, a huge because they, they just like Netflix craves. It's the same thing with like all these right wing dudes and, and Netflix like falling in this category. They just like crave cultural affirmation. Like they just want to be cool so bad. And then when they do shit that isn't cool and everyone's like, you're not cool. They're like, fuck you. Fuck you for saying I'm not cool. And it's like, you like you you know, just be cool. I feel like um I feel like the thing to do with like specials like this isn't to like demand that they be like taken down or like removed, but just to like make fun of them. Yeah. Like just to be like, oh, this is cringe. Like this isn't funny. Like that does so much more, uh, I think, for your personal cause than like demanding that Netflix like not make certain things. I don't know. That just seems to be a really slippery slope for me. And like everyone's going to be on your side when you like clip a hack joke and post it online like everyone's gonna be like yeah that joke sucks um but i think like the larger sort of um sort of complaining to the manager uh, uh of like these like streaming services to like cater to your specific political beliefs or interests like is not uh very based to me well to me it's like it's it's uh to me the issue is um it's not either thing in a vacuum, right? Like you were saying, it's that like, it's the, I, th- I, th- I totally agree. I think that like, if Netflix is going to air shit that has transphobic content, that sucks. 
And the best way to deal with it is just to be like, this sucks. And you can't like call the manager at Netflix and Netflix only cares about like fucking money, baby. Um, so like hit them where they live and like make people not want to watch their shit. But like the part that makes it kind of galling, I think more reasonable to sort of make a more institutional claim is that like, is this financial choice to, uh, to resolve the financial issue by doubling down on like weird transphobic old men and firing basically like their entire, like people of color, LGBT, like production staff. Right. Like that's the part where it's like, this is a project now because those are two clearly aligned concepts. Um, they and fired every gay person at Netflix. No, they, they, they fired not all of them. They fired all the ones. They did fire like all the ones they, that they made. They a big, fired. They fired as few people who complained. They they also fired like all the ones they made a big deal out of hiring for that animate that giant animation. Like, what was it like to dumb hiring process? Mm-hmm. Like all those people got laid off like six weeks in. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, listen, I have no idea. Who's getting who's getting fired for what over there? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, it's um, it's fucking weird. What else is going on? Um, not much. Welcome to Game Boys, a podcast ostensibly about video games. Um, I no, wanted- it's not. It, it was never about that. Yes. Yeah, that's why I said ostensibly. <laughs> Oh, right. That's it has, that has game in the title. So I think it's reasonable to say it's ostensibly about video games. Uh, I'm one of your hosts and my name is Lux. Yo, what's up? I'm Griffin. And joining us as always is super producer, mega editor, actual protagonist of the podcast, producer Haley. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, producer Haley uh, is really fitting the podcast into her week because she's dealing with a lot of... Uh, nft collapses at her own companies um she yeah she's in she's in the red folks yeah she's not doing well uh haley's board api club having a bad time it's she's having a very similar experience to seth green right now yeah yeah because she was she was gonna produce a board ape television show but then uh someone bought the board ape uh uh token from a scammer and now uh now her sort of development program is off the rails. But yeah, that happened to Seth Green. And now Seth Green's on the internet being like, give me back my monkey. Okay, so basically he made an he made a fucking ape cartoon and then he made it an NFT. And then because NFTs are so awesome, that got stolen. And so now legally they can't start shooting the TV show about the monkey. I I don't. I'm not totally that's, positive. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Because I thought it was that he bought the token of a specific ape and then made the cartoon about that ape. And then the cart, then the ape token. Well, got that's what st- I said. No, no. But the cartoon wasn't the NFT. The cartoon was based on the NFT. I, I, I said cartoon ape. It's like a cartoon ape. It's a fucking anime. It's a it's a drawing. OK, yes. We're okay. saying the same thing. Yeah. I just want to make clear because it's very funny to me that he like built around. He built this thing around an IP of an ape token that got stolen and now he can't make his cartoon anymore. I uh, another thing that that we should cut. But well, I know someone who works for him and I really hope it was them that fucked this up. <laughs> yeah, that would be very funny. Uh, that's awesome. I um, uh, it's great. Everyone, it's um we get so few wins on the internet, you know, the bad guys keep winning, uh and everything gets steadily worse, but it is nice to see one stupid horrible thing absolutely go down in flames. Well, that's to me the second funniest NFT thing that's happened in the past like week or two. 
No, there was a really uh, or like a very funny thing that happened where uh, the founder Take ten more seconds to explain. I, I'm I'm back now, and I was explaining it. You interrupted me. The founder of Ethereum did a post that was like. All the people who have lost money on Terra Luna should be reimbursed by insurance, <laughs> um, which is incredible when the entire point of crypto is that it's not FDIC insured. <laughs> like, that's right. the main thing. And it's so it's just like if you if you think people who lose money should have insurance on their money, they should you're telling them to use a bank, dude. <laughs> Right. And the fact that like no that all these crypto people are like he's right and have like no awareness <laughs> of the fact that he's just talking about a bank is amazing to me. It's it's um it's a culture that needs to be fucking incinerated from the earth and and like cast completely into the fire. Uh the, the only the only sad part about it that makes me not able to 100% relish it is the fact that there are some innocent just mel like what well-meaning but stupid people that thought that they could get out of their shitty lives and that this might be the escape hatch to do that. Uh so it is sad in a certain sense that there are a lot of nice people who just uh got convinced that this was the only way out. Um that sucks for them. But for the other, I'm going to say 80%, the demons, the evil, the filth that I've had to wade through online, I cannot wait. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like no one, there is no like rule that says like you have to be a dick once you invest in crypto. And yet so many people are assholes about their crypto investments. Like you're saying, there are a lot of people who aren't assholes about crypto investments and it really sucks that those people are eating shit this way. But it was even the fact that they needed a fucking like Disneyland level amount of culture around it. Yeah. That it wasn't just banking, but that it was your identity, that there was crypto movies and islands and that like they were trying to build a whole world around it. Like it wasn't just like, oh, hey, cool, cool new way to bank. Like it it, it was the whole your it was the entire it was going to be life changing. Yeah. I um, mean, uh, my friend is in a discord and reports back to me often. That's a discord of like a hundred crypto guys who are like planning their no laws uh, boat utopia. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Uh, yeah. And, and now they're planning their Robloxing of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always the best when you get to see celebrities lose money. And yep. so that's why it's like the, the most fun because it's like, well, you know, these celebrities, they probably like, they aren't probably religious about it all like in the same way that like your average online crypto bro is, but their, their financial managers told them to get into it and get involved into it. And it's just like, I like that. Like there's a bunch of financial managers like around Los Angeles that are like having a really bad time right now. Uh, and it's just like, it's great to just, you know, you can feel the the psychic screams. It's great. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't symptomatic of a broader economic and social collapse, it would be really easy to enjoy it. But unfortunately, <laughs> like it is tied to like sort of other bigger problems. Yeah. Like, like Ricky Gervais. Um, and so yeah, exactly. I think if we, yeah, we, yeah. So if we can take care of Ricky Gervais, then I'll feel a lot better about the yacht club. Mm-hmm. Save the cheerleader, kill Ricky. 
yeah. save the world. Exactly. We've all seen uh, heroes. We've seen heroes. It's mainly mainly about their attempt and ultimate failure to kill Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah, the final <laughs> shot where like he's aiming the gun and Ricky Gervais is walking down the street and the bird flies in and hits his hand. The bullet flies up and just like hits a brick and Ricky Gervais just walks away and never knows it ever happened. In your pitch of the scene, a bird blocks a bullet? Yeah, because Heroes is always about, like, the weird ways that, like, uncontrollable fate intervenes to, like, derail the plans of individuals. Oh, I thought you were just, like, bad at writing. You were just doing their version of writing. Yeah, I was doing the show Heroes that we were talking about. <laughs> well, I just I didn't remember that the intricate specifics. I just remembered Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, well, ooh, who did? Who doesn't remember Hayden P? And 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 the this is us as a young man. Yeah. Oh yeah. A, a young this is us. <laughs> a, young, a young this is us in the wild. If you you know if only someone had gone back in time to kill a young this is us. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need to do. Fuck a baby Hitler. We got to kill young this is us. If you want to like affect the modern realm more more actively, yeah, then you might have a better shot there because you kill Hitler. There's all sorts of butterfly effects. And I bet somebody in the 60s would be like, you know, I think I got this. Let me be Hitler now. You know, um, anyways, that's my takes on Hitler. Yeah, uh, good. I'm glad we got that on wax for everyone. They can revisit it, really break it down. Um, uh, well, I, I, I got I'm I'm standing right now, Lux. Yeah, you are. Uh, and. It's, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to stand more because I'm at my desk all the time. I'm yeah, having really like bad fucking back problems. You look like you're doing a, a stand up show in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those 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 good old days. Man, yeah. I feel like people even like charged for those, I think, which yeah, was awesome. I, they tried. I think by the time it became a normalized thing, they weren't they really charging anymore. anymore. But when it started, yeah. people were like five dollars for a Zoom ticket to like watch me talk from my living room on a shitty microphone. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's bleak times. Bleak times. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Halo, the series is finished. How do you feel about that? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, okay. It's really fucking bleak because I really enjoyed the show. I haven't finished it, but I really enjoyed it. But I'm, it made me think it's it, like the show's failure to like garner an audience of gamers that liked it really made me think a lot about like what a game based like TV show or movie can even like do in this like current meta because essentially like if they had just done what the fans say they want, which is just to do the video game from 2004 story and do this weird non-plot right wing kind of vague story um, that wouldn't have made a TV show. You can't do that. But if you do make something that's like modern and more thoughtful, the core audience is going to reject it because it's not exactly what they want which is just nostalgia triggers um and then it's also alienated from a larger mainstream audience because oh that's a video game thing so it's like the show was failed to kind of capture both places like it was making a more modern and thoughtful show that should be for mainstream audiences but they pitched it like a video game tv show so modern audiences mainstream non-gamers didn't care and then the gamers fucking hated it too so 
it just kind of existed right in the middle for literally only me to like it. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I, I also thought it was pretty good, but it really was kind of for everyone, but also for no one. I also have gotten the sense this has been like a, a percolating concept in my head for a little while that like the rise of comic book TV and movies has had a lot of effects. And I think one we haven't talked about a lot, like as a society or whatever is like, I think it's as a, as a game boy society as a, yeah, within the, within the framework of the game boy social, you know, order um, is that like, I think people just don't have faith in things that aren't comic book things to continue existing. Like, I think that when people make stuff like a TV show that isn't based on a comic book and it needs to attain a certain amount of audience, I think people are pretty loath to be like, I'm going to watch this show because the assumption is that unless it has like Mondo IP backing from something like Marvel or DC, that they're just going to stop making it. Oh, I disagree. I think it's the exact opposite in the TV market. I mean, maybe in film, but in the TV in market, movies for people- sure. But the TV market's the opposite. People really, really like unique, specific shows that are coming out for you know, like HBO, Hulu, and Amazon. The, the the shows that are just the superhero shows are doing very poorly. Netflix has completely abandoned Marvel TV shows. Um, except that uh, a bunch of those shows that, don't make except, money. What? Except a bunch of those unique shows don't make money. Like they're popular within like TV viewership discourse circles, but like they don't have broader appeal on the scale of like what shows need to be like renewable. Literally outside of like the Mandalorian, there really isn't like a successful big IP TV show right now. Right. Well, that's um, what I mean. Is there also aren't really any successful. I mean, it's, I'm like Abbott Elementary. But, but that's, is, is but good that's a bigger conversation about like TV fragmentation and shit. Yeah, but I think part of that TV fragmentation thing is that like people have no incentive to um, to like believe in small shows, even if they like them, because like like, for instance, a good example of this is like our flag means death. Like that show was like beloved by everyone who watched it. And it, like five years ago, it would have just been like auto renewed by episode four and is still not renewed. Um shit like that like that's like a consistent thing that's been happening with like cool unique small shows um, yeah i think i think that there's like larger industry problems certainly um but like i mean yeah ultimately it's hard to gain any audience right now i agree but i think specifically when i'm focusing the conversation on like how to make a ga- video game into something larger like a tv or movie it's very difficult to strike that balance uh and ultimately my suggestion would be is that like gamers and their desires online are almost unanimously going to lead you to bad products reject the gamer completely alienate them forget all about them and stop marketing your show like a video game thing at all it is a tv show it stands on its own it has it is related to a video game product but it is for everyone and we are not appealing to the fans one bit i think that's what you have to do it is very true that like if People, if gamers were interested in stories that didn't use the shortcut of immersion to create drama, they'd just watch movies like mm-hmm. like that's the whole thing, right? Is video games are fun and cool and I love them a lot. But like the thing with video game narrative is that they don't have to do like any work to create sort of in like drama because like you're the character. 
like all that tension is built in. So like if you want to watch stories where that have to like do the work to make you give a shit, you just watch a movie or a TV show. You don't play a fucking video game. So that mm-hmm. thing they're asking for is like, please make me a bad TV show. And like you're saying, like that's right. doesn't that gets nowhere with anyone who's not already bought into the premise. Exactly. So so like uh, don't appeal to them at all. They are the stupidest people and some of the worst types of consumers that you can encounter um, for, when you're trying to make TV film stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's like my ultimate advice. If Halo does continue, I doubt it will. It was pretty unanimously hated and unseen by larger audiences. Um, but this does like naturally lead me to. Um, what's coming up in just a few months, the last of us TV show, which, um, I believe is coming for HBO. I believe it's doing it is it. HBO. Um, and that's going to be very interesting, uh, because I mean, HBO, it's got that prestige platform level to it. Um, and so we're going to have to see like, how much are they going to appeal to the gamer audience here? And I think if they appeal even slightly to them, I think they're going to fuck up the marketing. Like, I think this has to just be a TV show. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, I think that you're getting at that I think is very true here is that like the thing that's going to bring gamers to a thing, at least initially, is just the fucking name of it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's going to be like the thing that will make the last of a show a good show, which I think is definitely possible, is all the shit that like capital G gamer types like were complaining about with that game. <laughs> like all the shit they didn't like about sort of like the the father daughter dynamics, the like challenging of like archetypal protagonism as like a behavior, like all these sort of bigger ideas are like what would make it a really interesting TV show. Um, and that's like the thing that the gamers don't want. <laughs> Uh, and so, like, yeah, you're right. I think the the more they cater it towards the gamer audience, the less effective it's going to be in terms of getting the people like, like, this is the benefit of HBO. And it's also a reason why I'm still confused why they haven't renewed like our flag means death and a couple other new things. But like the benefit of HBO is that you don't have to sell your shit to anyone but HBO fans um, because they're already paying a premium for the service. So like as long as eight, like if you get a couple new people, that's great. But as long as you're doing the thing HBO fans want, you're making money. Our our flag means death. I could see why it's not being renewed because it pretty much like has like almost everything wrong in terms of like a production perspective. It's like a light comedy with like a Pirates of the Caribbean level production. Um, and so like they just like those like things just don't match unless you're the biggest show in the world. Yeah, um, but it just doesn't like exist the, right now. I feel like that's the. That's the point of HBO, though. You know what I mean? Is yeah, like but, to I mean, use that premium investment, especially now with the Warner Brothers merger, to do shit like that. Like that's why, like, like they did three seasons of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol was like a weird dark comedy with a big superhero ass budget. Um, and they did that. Never heard of it. But they did it for three seasons. <laughs> that's my point, yeah. right? Like that's that's sort of what they do there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, fuck, I was going to say something, but then I, our flag means death. I don't know. Yeah. It, it didn't look that funny. I liked, I liked that show a lot. It was good as hell. It, it A lot of the juice in that show honestly wasn't <laughs> like there were some funny bits in it, but a lot of the juice in that show wasn't the comedy. It did a really good job of being like yeah. a character piece. It's like um, Ted Lasso Pirates. Yeah, it, it was, I think, better joke writing than Ted Lasso, especially second season Ted Lasso, because we've discussed my distaste for second season Ted Lasso, I think. Um, the season where they said, 
imagine if we took this sort of warm comedy and got rid of the comedy and just it was only warm it was a bunch of people not having conflicts and being like hey you're my friend for every episode absolutely the most boring shit on earth um but I yeah like pete pete Buttigieg is gonna come out with like a, a ted lasso mustache and just like fucking sweet oh my god ted now it just feels so and i think it's still so inevitable that pete Buttigieg will like come out and like talk to a bunch of like people in like Tacoma, you know Washington who are like, we need food Season for three. our children. And then like Jason Sudeikis <laughs> comes out and is like, who likes Ted Lasso? And everyone's like, yay! And then like a child dies and no one cares. And Pete Buttigieg uh, gets 10 million views on Twitter. That's awesome, man. I'm so excited for season three featuring Pete Buttigieg. You know, we used to have great political cameos in our comedies. You know, we had Hillary Clinton in Broad City. Um, <laughs> yeah, great cameo. <laughs> yeah, we just we've had we've had great stuff in the past, and we got to get back to that. I want, and you know who I want in particular, and I think this is really on SNL to do is uh, we need the new mayor of New York City. We need Eric, dude. Eric has been. Eric has been rocketing up the charts in terms of like depend like in terms of like consistently being the weirdest man in the world. Exactly. He it's, needs to host SNL. He does. Like, it's it, unbelievable. Like you guys have had Trump and Elon Musk. Like th- this guy is like way less bad than than all those guys. And like will deliver you some of the most unique sketches did on you, SNL. Did, there was a recent one. I, I'm probably slightly misremembering it, but like there was a recent thing where like he went to talk to the family of someone who was killed by a cop in New York. And he was like, what? Which let's let us remember. He has been absolutely just taking the fucking limiter plates off of New York cops and giving them a bajillion dollars. And when he go talk to someone, he was like, this is a terrible time, a terrible thing to happen. He's been giving the NYPD, the GTA cheat codes. Yeah, exactly. And he just went to this family and he was like, this is a terrible thing to happen. I'm so sorry. I'm just so thankful that I am the mayor right now to help you through this situation. And it's like, dog, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad I gave a pay raise. The dude who killed your husband. It's good that I'm here. Hell yeah, exactly. He's I mean, what, so do you, crazy. what do you want? You, do you want the debungler to be there? No, you want you want Eric Adams in your living room being so weird that you forget that your family members died. Yeah, he's like, I'm vegan. I live in New Jersey, yeah. and I don't understand. I think I don't understand crypto. He's yeah. he fucking he like walks in and brings in his own like couch pillow. Like, it's like none of it will make sense. And you'll be like, I my grief, my despair, it's washed away. It is like extraordinary. Like, we do live in like a real era of political weirdos. And he really is like pretty near the top of the pile. And he's just skyrocketed up the rankings. I think he's definitely like the man for the moment uh, in terms of like people's like, I think, political stamina, which is zero. And it's just all about like vibing now. And it's like. He basically wants to like his like mission is to like cut every opening ribbon and pet every dog in New York and like have a great time while doing it. And like and like also like just, you know, unleashing obviously like the traditional like right wing like state structure upon the world. But then also just like hanging out with like Ariana Grande at a diner, uh, I, you know. Yeah, he's. I just fucking he's also perfect for mayor of New York in particular, 
because he got elected and it took like 20 minutes for him to make every single person in New York fucking hate his ass. It's like, it's so perfect because New York is so ready wait, to hate anyone. Wait, what are his polling numbers? Let's see. Surely they've gotten pretty bad because they're constantly seeing him show up and get booed at like pro mayor events. Uh, Eric Adams has lower approval ratings than three or four previous NYC mayors. Uh, Maris poll found that Adams is just one of two mayors since 1990 to be rated um, excellent or good at the start of their tenures by less than 50% of surveyed voters. So, I mean, but that's like that to me, that's also just like New York, right? Like you basically, that position is just to kind of like be the city's punching bag. Right. Well, and, that's why it's so perfect is it's like, yes, you're totally right. That like mayors of New York are like always fucking hated by citizens of New York. But then also he's like going above and beyond the ways in which like Durkin or Giuliani or whoever was hated by the people of New York. And he's just like cranked it up to 11. It's just like he really is like, you know, he's really like bigger, uh, bigger, batter and uncut. Like because he's he's completely unaffected by it, which is, I think, another one of his uh, strengths is he's literally just there to chill. Yeah. He's like, I'll take my check in crypto. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna stop till every fucking, uh, complex on the Upper West Side is a fucking TikTok hype house. And I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, is that's, I feel like that is the goal, right? Is that like all those, you know, big skyscrapers in, in Midtown, just I fill them up with teens with phones. Yeah. Cause ultimately at this point, people know everything's bad. People know there's no getting out of the, the way of things. Um, but like de, de Blasio always made you feel like, I don't know, like he just like had just like stepped in shit and like walked around your apartment. Whereas it's like when you're mad at Eric Adams, he's just like, what's up? I like, sorry, I'm, I'm getting a, the biggest ice cream cone in the world. Right. Like, like de Blasio's problem. And this is also like a Giuliani problem. And, and even like Durkin back in the day, like, is that like they were they were making an outward effort to try to do a good job at being mayor. And so when they did a bad job, people were like, well, you tried and you failed, you dork. And with Eric Adams, it's like he does a bad job at being mayor. And like you're saying, he's like, doesn't he's like too busy trying to like figure out how to make edible buildings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and, it's, and everyone's like, well, I guess, OK, you did a bad job. But like. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if we elected like a, you know, an alien mayor and they didn't understand how to do it. Like, oh, you know, Eric Adams in personal Instagram is just pictures of buildings. That's, yeah, that's that's the kind of mayor that that we deserve here as well in L.A. Not not some sort of uh, freak Hollywood extra uh, like we currently have. Yeah. Um. So let's do a commercial break. OK. OK, cool. Uh, okay, so um, World of Warcraft is still good. Vampire Rising update. Uh, yeah, talk about V Rising. Uh, it's very V Rising, very popular game. It's like blasted up in popularity for being such a small indie release. Lots of people are playing it. Lots of people are loving it. Very high reviews on Steam. Um, I think that the building mechanics of building your own little vampire place is super cool. So a lot of things I like about it. I just still can't get attached to this top-down perspective. It's just so difficult. And no game has been good enough to, like, make me keep caring. Besides, I guess, like, RuneScape. Um, Yeah, I don't like that view. 
It's like it's so tough. It's so tough to do that view and be invested. I know I that view is fine in like a League of Legends sense, in like an arena sense, like in a like rinse repeat sense. But yeah, so hard for me to care well, about my character. Yeah, because when the story of the game, when you're doing like a League of Legends or even like a StarCraft or Warcraft or something, when the game is all about space and management and moving things around, the 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 connection to the actual things on the ground is less than your connection to like the space they're occupying and how you're manipulating it. Then sure. But if you're playing a game where like the main thing is supposed to be like, you're this guy and you're doing these things with these people, like I want that camera to be closer so I can like live with that person and not be looking at them like they're the Sims. Yeah, Um, because ultimately, like when you're looking at that perspective, there really is only so many ways that you can move through the space. And it is essentially just like the same space with shifting backgrounds, as opposed to like, even in like a 2D platformer, like something like Hollow Knight, it's like the world can contain itself and then open back out. It can have new areas and places and ways to move through it. And there's just there's just more to experience there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I fell off of it. But if I, I would say if this is your shit, then this is probably one of like the best indie versions of it that will come out this year and definitely check it out. Word. Well, maybe I will know that I have the, the, the Hackintosh. But ultimately, I'm looking for like the next Valheim, which is still very popular. Yeah, but I know you've been craving that Valheim rush. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just want more multiplayer games that allow me to easily play with my friends in ways that feel more collaborative uh, and less focused on fuck all my friends suck and we're competing against sweaty fucking people in online matches. Like I want more ways to like have experiences that aren't based solely around competition. Yeah. Um, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And I think people to do that, the and like the first people to do that in like a, in like a real way, I think is going to be blizzard. Because Blizzard has had a secret survival game project that's been in the works for like the last six years. So my thoughts are is that they're probably going to do what they've done with basically every one of their games, which is like copy all the shit that has worked from the genre and then just like package it into something that has the best parts of everything. Yeah, I mean, that is the Blizzard methodology for sure. Um I you know I, I'd like to find a game like you're describing because it does sound fun to sort of like make shit together with my friends on on internet. It's just like the sweatiness of the, the oppositional people and like the addictiveness of that framework is like so not alluring to me. Well, what's nice, even with Rust or with V Rising, there's a lot of servers that are PVE. So it's like you can like remove that PVP element. And, and just like build a cool village. Yeah, that's like more, more my speed for sure. Speaking of my speed, Griffin, I just saw that Bioware has released the Mass Effect N7 bed in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, bed and a bag? Yeah, it's a. Uh, what does that mean? It is a collection of three comforter, like a three piece comforter set. And some pillowcases. Holy shit. Uh, designed to look like mass effect to look like the armor in mass effect they look like shit it looks bad oh i guess you see if you get closer you can see there's a little n7 imprint yeah in the black area um yeah this like this is somehow worse than a race car bed like i think oh, you would get more pussy in a race this car is bed. orders of magnitude worse than a race car bed 
and it's like it the 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 blankets already look dirty yeah like like <laughs> my favorite thing about this is the presumption that someone who is rushing to pre-order the n7 bed in a bag has like a pretty nice bed frame <laughs> right like, and a, that's, and a that's not room. that's not the room that this blanket appears in in real life <laughs> this has got to be the worst blanket i've ever seen yeah um yeah, I mean, but why is it called bed in a bag? I don't understand that. That confused me, too. I thought it was going to be a sleeping bag. And then I thought it would right. be a Casper mattress type thing where, like, it inflates when you open the bag. Yeah. Um. But no, I think it's just that it's like a comforter set that comes in a bag, which is like a normal comforter set. Like, that's... I don't think I ever bought like a duvet set that came in a box. You know what I mean? I think I've always got it in a bag. Yeah. It just seems weird to have that in the title, right? Like, <laughs> I, like it's like PS five in, in a box. Yeah. I don't want to sound like an asshole anymore than I already am about this, but like, I wonder if part of that is just because the people who would buy this have never bought their own blankets before. And like, it's just to trick them into thinking it's cool when it is in fact just blankets. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, oh, I did want to give uh, a little. Uh, wasn't there some video game union shit this week? Yeah, fucking uh, the QA Raven QA at uh, at mm -hmm. uh, Activision was able to unionize. Big shouts out to them. Yeah, that's huge, and it's like it's been a big uh, year for like small uh, operations to like unionize. Um, and it's interesting because it just really seems like with Starbucks, Amazon, and now video game companies. As these like monopolies just grow bigger and bigger, people have like a, a shared experience that they like f are finding it like almost easier to unionize now that like everyone is under these like umbrellas. It's it's a it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is good. And then slowly these the bigger the bigger question about this is going to be interesting is how bigger unions expand to include these operations. Right. And I guess like the big question for me is on an economic level is like, OK, so then like. Is it good or at least OK for there to be like three monopolies that own everything, but like almost the entire workforce is like heavily unionized? Like uh, it seems like is, is that where we're heading and is that good? I think that is where we're heading. And I think in terms of how good that is, it is pretty easy to look at America of the 1920s to see that that tends to end in pretty complicated and not great ways, because that's sort of what happened. Right. Is that the labor movement was surging in America in the late 19th, early 20th century. A bunch of rich people basically. Wait, owned. Can, wait, sorry. Can you use it? Can you use an old storyteller voice for this? Sorry, yeah. Well, the labor movement was surging in America in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Mm, and then a bunch of rich people basically owned everything, but also unions were on the rise. And when those monopolies tried to leverage their control of the market to a degree that was overly exploitative, unions formed and even militarized against them. And that led to things like the Blair Mountain shootout and several very violent protests and union strikes around the country and the Pinkertons were called in and eventually it became a thing where the government had to be like look you can't just hire soldiers to beat up your workers and now we have antitrust laws wait, that, wait but you said that was like going to lead to bad things 
Well, I mean, a bunch of people getting killed by Pinkertons like was bad. And I'm not oh. totally a hundo P on our current government t- intervening to prevent that. It took the government of that time a pretty long time to intervene to prevent that as well. No, I guess my question was more about like if if we are going to like have these monopolies be inevitable or not broken up with antitrust by the government, but the entire workforce uh is steadily unionized is that like a sustainable well, thing no, that, that's, I, what, and, that's what i'm getting at is that it's not really because mm. what happens is or has happened right is you get a unionized workforce that's making demands on their own behalf but then you have these monopolized industries that basically all agree collusion style to not meet the demands of these unions and then there's no alternative for those union workers they get scabs or whatever and then things deteriorate and so, like, the unions have the capacity to push back, but because there's so few people operating the market, it's very easy to do anti-union collusion. Um, and that's what so happens. We, I, I'm just, I was like, okay, so we still get to kill all the CEOs, right? Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be, like, the uh, the ultimate end game here. All we need is a, a strong collection of military heroes to rise up and defy the order and help us usher in the new world. Seal and I'm team, not talking about the Amazon game. Seal Team 666, baby. We need to figure out whatever demonic shit's happening at that one fort hood or whatever. Like, there aren't they, like, summoning fucking demons or some shit down there? They, they gotta be doing something, because people are dying down there, like, quite a lot. <laughs> They're doing, like, uh, like old medieval necromancy on, like, an Aztec level of, like, sacrificing. And, like, we don't get to hear anything about that for, like, ten more years until some jackass makes a fucking HBO doc that should be, like, one movie, but it's, like, eight episodes. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Uh, the truly the the mini series that should be a two hour movie is the artistic form of 2022 for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do like that we're hearing about the aliens though. That's so fucking sick, and no one no one cares though except me. I had to like, explain it to my girlfriend, and it sucks. It's like you think when the aliens come, everyone's gonna be like the aliens, the aliens. But then it's just me saying the aliens, and it's like, am I crazy? Am I the tinfoil guy now? No, I'm reading the news. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those. It's a funny thing because. For a long time, everyone's like, aliens aren't real. It's silly to pay attention to them. We should focus on things on Earth. But people were like, no, they're cool. And Earth's doing okay. But now Earth's doing not okay enough that people are actually like, we don't have fucking time for Venus, dude. If you have time for fucking Ted Lasso, you have time for the fucking aliens that are out on the coast right now. It's it's crazy. It, Lux, there's like. There's like a fucking like over like 800 near collisions off the coast of California with these things from the last two years. This is I'm watching footage from 2021 of these things off the coast of San Diego, San Francisco. They're right here and no one gives a fuck. No one's even standing at the beach like waving or anything, holding signs. This fucking sucks, man. Yeah, you would think this you'd is, get more of like a strange day situation where like a bunch of weirdos, bullshit. like a bunch of weirdos go to the beach with like signs and, and like tequila and just like go try to meet an alien. I just they're they're literally right here. And I'm it sounds like I'm being hyperbolic or that I want this to be the case, but they're right fucking there and no one is saying shit. And it makes me feel like a crazy person. Like they have they have these like shots of them like going like super fast by the fucking pilot. Um and it's like one of those things where they can't keep it a secret 
because so much of the staff has seen them at this point that like like it's not just like oh one pilot saw it let's like cover it up it's like no like we're like almost crashing into these things all the fucking time and it's like only a matter of time before someone else just tweets about it uh pretty crazy shit yeah it's uh it's pretty wild and it's very like it's one of those things where like obviously there are theoretical alternate causalities but the fact that given how many times things alternate causalities have happened and people have been like it's aliens that in this case when it's more persuasively aliens than ever before everyone's like shut up we're busy right or that like it's just like not picked up enough by the media as a story either which is i don't know something to consider but the other thing and like the really big fucking detail that i wish they had asked more because they just did congr- they did a congressional hearing about oh, this yeah, don't I, it, oh i know um and the one thing that like gets mentioned a lot here and it's been mentioned over the last couple of years from these reports is that a lot of the times these uh objects are going into the ocean uh, which is fucking horrifying. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's H.P. Lovecraft stuff, you know. Yeah, which is like why we need James Cameron and Avatar two more than ever. It's yeah, a, it's about the ocean. It's about reconnecting with it because you know I think we've neglected the ocean. I think we've chosen to not explore it, uh, perhaps for very specific reasons. Logs. It's time for us to learn the way of water. Have you ever played Subnautica? Oh yeah. Dude, I might have to get back into what's Subnautica the, There's now. another one. Um, what's that, like, underground submarine game? So, Subterraria? No. Um, it was, like, spooky. It was, like, Sea of something. Sea of Thieves. No, it wasn't Sea of Thieves. It was... Oh, yeah, that one that we played? No, not Barotrauma. Um, God, what was it? Audience, what was it? Uh, we'll someone wait. someone call me on my phone. It was like the spooky, weird birth played it all the time. Wait, are you talking about the the the, sh- the game where you fly you're on a uh, silent sea or something? Yeah, silent sea, I think. Yeah, we we played that. Oh, did we? Oh yeah, maybe you're right. I was thinking of Subnautica, but or not Subnautica, of um of a uh, barotrauma, which is great. Barotrauma, incredible sub game. Would be a very good it's, game to play oh, on a stream. It's sun, sunless sea. Sunless, sunless sea. There sea. it is. Yeah. Yeah. That one God, feels like got- a. That one feels like a good way to prep for the aliens. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still have three minutes of the show. I wish you could have found that a little bit longer. Well, here's the thing: is um, we talked about the Warhammer game a little bit last week, right? Yeah, um, I think so. But I'm. I'm really enjoying it. It uh, it's uh, uh-huh. it's pretty fun. It's uh, I love that everyone's nasty because when I played last time, I'd only played the first mission, and the first mission is very like your classic demon guys, which is not the most fun thing about Warhammer 40k. But now what I'm fighting. What type of game is this? It's a tactics game. It's like straight up XCOM. Oh, okay. Just with goopies, okay, orcs. Gotcha. Yeah, and th- and that's the thing is now I'm fighting some Nurgle guys. So, like, there's these nasty, slimy guys, and they got, like, pus leaking out of them, and they blow up so, in slime, and that's the This good is a stuff. franchise that I've never fucking experienced. Uh, why? What makes it different? Is it different, or is it literally just, like, aesthetics and themes are different? Um, From, like, from XCOM, or different from what? 
Yeah, just like from the genre. Like, what distinguishes Warhammer? Um, I think it's a couple things. I think that the the like framing they do a lot of like fantasy type storytelling from the original Warhammer series and just transpose it onto the outer space stuff in 40k. Um, and I think people like that a lot. Like the four chaos gods are like a really fun way to like hang some like kind of distinct types of aliens on. Um, everyone, obviously myself included loves orcs in space. Orcs in space is very good. Um, and then they've got, you know, they've got a good variety cause they've got like weird super tech aliens. They've got aliens that are like Zergy plant types. You know, you got orcs, you got the, you know, Nurgle guys, like the disease zombies. And there's like a degree of like magic and demon stuff, which is like kind of event horizon-y that I think people latch onto a lot. Also, at mm. its best, it's very funny because it is intentionally satirical of like extremely intense, like military sci-fi. And that's like a night, which to be fair, they do not always execute that satire. They often just like kind of leave it alone and don't give a shit. But like it's it, it's funny when it works and it's pretty it's a pretty nice thing. And there's just so much fucking lore, which is cool. OK, 30 seconds. Yo, tell us about the PC. You, you Hackintosh. I'm loving it. Um, playing inscription, bye, 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 bye. having a lot of fun. Playing this Warhammer yeah. game, having a lot of fun. Playing Jade Empire, having a lot of fun. Uh, nice. And once I work through those, I'm probably going to hit you up for another list of uh, fun little PC indies or I'll go on my own list. And I'm just going to keep grooving and, and having it. And it's great because, like, it's just a different machine totally. So I can be working on my fucking work laptop and doing stuff and say I have to, like, download a video to watch. Uh, 10 minutes, I just, like, boop, turn the other guy on, play 10 minutes of video games, come back, and wow, it's done. So I don't have to, like, jump between windows or anything. So it's very seamless. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for you. You know, the, the big challenge I wanted to try with you is like more, more multiplayer, more online, trying to find what actually, you know, scratches that itch for you. First, I got to get a mouse. Yes. That's step one. Uh, Yeah. And you need a, you need a, you need a headset. You need a mechanical keyboard. Um, you need a stream deck, foot pedals. Um, like how you do you got a lot of Adderall? Uh I don't. We'll have to get you some Adderall. Um and yeah, and then you can do the damn thing. Hell yeah. Um yeah. I mean I gotta get take a lot of amphetamines, get a lot of uh, expensive equipment I don't know if I'll use, and I can really get into PC gaming. There's this one guy on Twitter today who was like, I don't care what you say. World War II German soldiers were the greatest soldiers in the history of the world. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was like, those guys literally just did so much meth and lost. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Greatest soldier. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. It's what are you talking about? Like there were. There are fucking Mongol <laughs> fucking horse archers yeah, who are riding around on. standing on the backs of horses, like putting arrows through dudes at 300 yeah. feet. And Germans are like and the, on and amphetamine on dying like, in trenches yeah. of like diarrhea. Get out of here. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Like, you know, like the Mongols were probably like taking LSD and like throwing people off the great wall. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just get the fuck out of here. Um, on that note, we love you guys. We miss you. Uh, thank you for everything. And this one's going to come out sometime this week. I'm feeling good about this one. Yeah, this was a fun episode. A little more vibey and wacky, which is probably good. Uh, and, and and video game content was the primary thing. So that's good. Yeah, we love that. All right. Well, goodbye, everyone. Talk to you guys soon. See you later. Adios.